Hey girl, it's Krista Juliana, and thank you for joining me again for the Flourish and Free podcast. I'm so excited because today we're going to talk about a topic that's near and dear to so many of our hearts as Christian women and as Christian entrepreneurs, and that is goal setting. Goal setting is so powerful in our lives, but I think often we take one of two routes. Either we don't plan our way and we have just this, you know, these thoughts in our mind of what we're going to do, or we over plan and we over control and we fail to give the glory to the Lord. So today we're going to talk about finding balance in that, and we're going to create a purposeful partnership in the way that we plan and set our goals so that you can achieve the success that you're desiring in your heart and all the big plans and dreams God's put within you, but in a way that gives God the glory and honor he deserves. So as I'm sitting here recording this podcast for you right now, I've got my laptop on my lap, my phone in my hand, and I'm just staring out at this most gorgeous pool. And Pinterest is open because I wanted to scroll through and really get a feel for what the world is saying about setting goals. And some of the things that I'm finding here are a bit concerning. And so I want to talk about them and shed some light on really like the self um, dependency, the manifestations, the universe, all the things that take the glory away from really turning the impossible into the possible because we serve a God who is able. So one of the things that I'm seeing is it says, do what's best for you and do it to the best of your ability. Go after your goals like nobody's business. It could be innocent enough depending on where you put the emphasis, but I'm just kind of looking at the root of these things. Another one is saying, when you set an intention, the universe conspires to give you the inspiration to make it happen. There's another one that says, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. Okay. You know, just taking these couple of things that I'm seeing here without continuing to scroll and losing track of thought, I want to just focus on Yes, there's some truth behind some of these things, but uh, you know, you really want to get to the root of what this is. And a lot of it is self-dependency. Yes, we don't want to make excuses. We want to find a way, but truly that becomes striving to the woman who doesn't partner with God and trust to know what his plan and calling is for her. Um, the universe, you can't manifest something into happening. You can't, um, give yourself that same creative power in such a big way to put yourself on that same level as God. You are a creative being. You do have power of thought and and innovation and all of those things. But at the same time, we have to remember that we do not have the power to control and manipulate um, what comes to be. We ultimately can make our plans, but it's the Lord who directs our steps and we should submit and yield to his purpose. And know that while we may plan a really great goal or a really great thing and have the best of intentions, even in those things, God could shift it and move it because he actually wants to take it and take this good idea you have and shift it and be used in a whole different way. So now let's contrast those worldly thoughts on goal setting and let's align these with what the word, the word of God says about excellence as a believer and setting goals and making plans. Okay. Proverbs 21, five, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who's hasty comes only to poverty. Being diligent, working hard, making your plans, those are effective ways to achieve the good things that God would have for you. And if you're lazy or if you act too soon and you just are impulsive and you don't think things through, then you become 
someone who doesn't have shorty, who doesn't have a firm foundation or sure footing, and who doesn't have it mapped out. There's another scripture too that talks about who goes and you know tries to build something without first planning if you have enough money to cover the cost. Otherwise, people are going to laugh at you because you weren't able to finish the job. It requires you know, any plans that you make requires an understanding of what it's going to take to get there. Because if you don't have the means, then either you have to create the means, come up with it, plan for it, work around it, pray for it, or you just understand that this is not an option, right? And so, or you have to trust, you have to trust God if it's something he's saying he's going to do and work in your life. You have to trust him to do that. But if you don't have it mapped out and understand what's actually necessary, you don't have a focus of even how to pray or what to ask God for or what to expect or what type of trials you're going to come up against as you you know, work to pursue this. So having that vision ahead of time is important. And speaking of vision, you know, the Lord also talks about writing the vision, making it clear on tablets so that he who reads it may run with it. You can't go after something without a full understanding of what it is you're going after and what it takes to get there. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. So you might have these dreams, but God has plans for good things in your life too. And he wants to prosper you. He wants to give you a future. He wants to give you hope, which we ultimately have in Jesus Christ and our firm foundation on him and our salvation. If we got nothing else, that would be enough because we are unworthy of even that amazing gift. But knowing that he also in this world has purpose for us while we're here and that he has good things aligned for us, that's powerful because it takes the weight off ourselves of trying to always make it happen, right? We can direct our steps. We can put our hands to the plow and show up to do the work, but we've got to trust God for that harvest. And knowing that God has good things for us, we can do what he's called us to, but we take off the end result and we lay it on him because ultimately he is the giver of good gifts and he is the one that's going to bring to fruition what he feels is right for us. And so giving that perspective, I think shows a shift. It takes the weight away from self-dependency, And it puts it, you know, almost codependency or full dependency and partnering with God because you're working with him, making sure that your desires, your plans are in alignment with him and that you're serving him and stewarding well what he's given you and understanding your gifts and using them and not wasting them and all of those things. But then ultimately you're not in control of the end result. You surrender that to Christ. Here's where I think a lot of us get tripped up. We carry a guilt associated with dreaming big. We think that those dreams, those aspirations, the desire to achieve fill in the blank or earn a fill in the blank amount of money ends up becoming more selfish and more about us. And so we fail to acknowledge what those good aspirations are because we push them aside. We feel unworthy. We feel like we can't even pray and ask God for the needs that we know our home has because there's something wrong with doing that. I really want to explore this a little bit more because there should never be guilt attached to a child coming to their parent and sharing their heart, sharing the um, crazy, fun, amazing, purposeful plans that they have and how they want to use their gifts and how they want to make an impact on others and how they want to actually use those gifts to bring in an income for their home. We shouldn't harbor um, 
a, a spirit of fear of coming before God with that or secrecy or guilt or shame because those desires were placed there by God. We just need to make sure that we're in alignment with his will on what he wants us to do with them. I think another area that Christians stumble, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know for me, I had a skewed view on money. I had limited beliefs. I had scarcity mindset. And I also attached guilt to asking for a dollar amount attached to a sale of something either that I was selling for another company or that I had created and put blood, sweat, and tears behind and then produced and said, okay, this is available, but here's the dollar amount attached to it. For whatever reason, sometimes those things trip people up and we feel awkward with money attached to the worth of the product or us doing the work to earn it. Now, whatever the root of that is, I just want to talk about one thing. As a Christian, it is not wrong to do these things. It is not wrong to work hard. It is not wrong to contribute financially to your home or provide for your family or be a gap filler financially alongside your husband. It's not wrong to leave a legacy or willable income. Girlfriend, scripture talks about the blessing of being able to leave this willable income or inheritance to our children. If we don't plan our goals, if we don't work hard, if we don't attach a dollar amount to what we're doing here on this earth, we will not have that dollar amount in inheritance to leave our children. And that's a blessing. Now, circumstances may take you from it. You might be paycheck to paycheck. You might be in a place where you can't do that right now. But our hearts and our desires should be to find a way to do that, okay? Because that's a good godly thing that he um, shares with us that we can bless our family with. It's not wrong to use your wealth and it's not wrong to use it to do fun things. We are not meant to suffer every second of our lives or be miserable every second of our lives. Scripture talks about working hard and enjoying the fruit of our labor, not blowing our money, not being unwise, not being a good steward. God talks about multiplying our money. He talks about investing in seven to eight different streams of income. He talks about paying the labor what the laborers do for their work. And he wants us to be able to enjoy the fruits of our harvest. Okay. And that includes maybe taking a vacation with your family or doing something fun or purchasing a gift that you know would make that other person happy. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're not honoring and stewarding well the money God's given you and also giving back some to him, it comes out of line, right? But there's nothing wrong with the enjoyment of the fruit of your labor. And I want to instill that in your heart and in your mind right now. It's also not wrong to invest and multiply. We talked about building multiple streams. Um, Those are, like I said, godly attributes and things that he talks about. There's so much wisdom and money in the word. If we just would go there, read it, apply it, and figure out how to practically put it into practice, we would be so much better off. Um, here's what it is wrong to do as a Christian. It's wrong to be lazy. It's wrong to have such a strong desire for wealth that you lose perspective on what truly matters. It's wrong to mismanage your money. It's wrong to withhold your first fruit from the Lord. It's wrong to keep all that wealth stored up in barns just for you. It's wrong to not multiply what you've been given, and it's wrong to live in shame over your blessings. Does this give a little bit of perspective? 
Here's some examples of wealthy Christian men and women. And the reason that this ties into goal setting is because when we're looking to achieve a goal, maybe it's to homeschool your child or to create routine in your home. Maybe it's to um, establish some kind of course that you're looking to build and you need to put some things together. Whatever this looks like, it could be also applying to your business and setting things up in a way that you achieve the next level, that you increase your sales, that you serve well, that you build your email list. Whatever your goal is, it expands to any area of life. But usually if it's something business related, there's a dollar sign attached to it. And so I need to break through the misconception of income for you so that you don't block yourself from creating the goals that will help you to achieve that wealth, okay? Because Again, there is nothing wrong with wealth. Now here's Job. Job, um, in the beginning of Job chapter one, he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, 500 donkeys, and he had many servants. And after Job endured all kinds of spiritual warfare and went through that whole story of suffering and losing everything, right? He, he, go read that book if you haven't. It's so powerful, the things he endured and he never cursed God. And God blessed him with double what he had. So he was given 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 oxen, 1,000 donkeys. God specifically blessed Job because he was blameless and upright. Okay, let's look at Lydia. Lydia can be found in the book of Acts, and she is the first recorded female entrepreneur of the Bible. Go study Lydia, and if you want, go to my Instagram and my highlights, and I talk all about biblical business, and I did a whole spotlight on her because it's such a beautiful story about her life and how God used her, but she was a seller of purple cloth, which is a huge deal at that time because only royals and the wealthy could afford to wear this color. So for a woman to be involved in that trade, she would have had to buy into that franchise. Okay, so that takes goal planning, investment, finances, stewarding well, planning, right? Executing, having assertiveness, powerful attitude, confidence in what you're doing, right? And a commitment with the Lord to achieve these things because she depended on him for the ability to make this happen. And she used her wealth to serve God by helping Paul and the rest of his team spread the gospel. And because of her position in society, her connections and her willingness to serve the Lord, she opened her beautiful home to to them. And in turn, helped to build the very first church in Greece. Look at how her wealth, her position, her execution, her plans, her goals, her partnership with Christ, how that purposed to do good in the world and to also help to use for the church, right? Let's look at the Proverbs 31 woman. She's one of my favorite entrepreneurs in the Bible and it's because she exemplifies so many characters, but often we look at her and we see this chapter on her, this section, and it spotlights like all of these amazing, huge, huge achievements that she's done. And we look at her and think, oh my gosh, this is the ultimate woman. She's the multitasker. She's up all night, up all day. How she, however she does it all, I don't know. She's got all these servants. She takes care of all the things. And you could easily mentally shut down and say, oh my gosh, this was too much for me. I can never do it. It's too perfect, blah, blah, blah. But if you looked at your own life and you realized Proverbs 31, this woman was a summation of her entire life. It's not like she did all of these things every second. It was a summation of her good works, the things that she did well, that she stewarded well. It gave you an idea of her character, her heart, her strength, her perseverance, her determination, her trustworthiness, her stewardship, honorable, all of those things, right? It shows you who she is. If you looked at your life, I think you might be surprised at the beautiful attributes that 
align with the Proverbs 31 woman. We just don't often take the time to slow down, self-evaluate, and give ourselves that credit and understand that these are these are seasons we walk through and these are lessons God teaches us. And we're going through growth all the time. We're being refined in those characteristics at the end of the day when you stand before the Lord you are going to be so humbled at the beautiful way that he displays them to you and shows you how he sees you and what your life looked like to him, even despite of all your sins, because those are washed away because Jesus stands in your place. Okay. But the Proverbs 31 woman was a hard worker. She was a servant leader. She was an investor, a businesswoman, and she had multiple streams of income. The Bible mentions that above all else, she was a God fearing woman. And of course, God honored and blessed her for that. So aspiring and acquiring to have wealth as a Christian, um, aspiring to have goals, to work towards an end result that you're looking for, even if it's not financially related, it doesn't have to be something that you're ashamed of. It doesn't have to be something you avoid learning how to do because there's always skills attached to achieving these great big things. And when you use your wealth to honor God or your goals that you're looking to achieve in a way to serve God and partner in purpose with him and serve his people, you are walking in obedience to his calling in your life and you will never lack for anything. So I want to encourage you to not hold back from setting big goals to thinking big to wanting things bigger than maybe the average person um, who settles for just a mediocre might do. Because if you have big dreams and aspirations, then you have big plans that God wants to use them for. And if you are a woman of God who fears him and who walks in alignment with him and who's willing to not just hoard it all for yourself, but is willing to have open hands with the blessings God gives you, he will bless that multiply it, return it back to you for good because you've opened your hands and you've given it to him. And that's why you should stop thinking small and playing small and setting small goals or not setting goals at all because you love the Lord and trust the Lord and you're here to serve and honor him. Okay, so how do you set goals in a different way as a Christian woman and especially as a Christian entrepreneur? Well, I walked through my own personal experience with a huge life change moving 800 miles away from home and all the things that are attached with that. And it's a bigger feat than you might even imagine. It's something we had never done before. It was the very first time in my life that I had ever fasted. And I'm embarrassed to say it because as Christians, it's supposed to be a part of our lives. But I was a little selfish and I was a little unsure and I was scared. I didn't think I could do it. There's all these different excuses. And if you make the excuses, that becomes the bigger fear than the actual act of doing it itself. And so I remember I was like, we have such a big change coming up. I need to take big actions so that I could get a big response from God and a confirmation and a peace. I need to make sure we're in God's well, because this is going to impact generationally in our family. And so there's no other way that I knew to come before God except the way that Esther did or the people of Nineveh repented and fasted, all the things, right? Like I just knew that I needed to make impact. And so I got to see the fruit of what prayer and fasting brought to my life. And it was a huge process and there was so much preparation that went into it. But remember the scripture that talks about that God will give us you know, even more than we can ever ask or think. He is that kind of a God. He is that kind of a good, good father. And he's not a genie. Trust me. There were things that he did that I didn't expect. And there was a lot of 
hard I had to walk through in order to get the blessing. Usually there's no struggle without, you know, no blessing without the struggle or the hard work because that gives you the appreciation and also the the understanding that without Christ, you couldn't have got through that. You couldn't have made it to the end. You couldn't have achieved that outcome because God is the one who gave you the strength to endure and to persevere and the wisdom and the knowledge and the skill and the direction of what to do every single step. You can think you know what to do, but the Lord's really directing your steps and really in control of that end result. As much as I can stress that today, I will. But I learned to pray and fast. And then I began, after I saw how this worked and what this did, I began to pray and fast for my business. And I created a prayer and fasting guide for other women because I thought, you know what, if I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to apply this and I didn't understand why it was so important and the connection and the relationship building and really the utter surrender and trust and faith walk this brings for you to step into something so big and scary and know that God is leading you because he's confirmed it and he's prepared it and he's, you know, just went before you, that that's a missing piece that so many people don't get to feel. And if I don't relay that to you, maybe you'll miss it too. So I put together a goal setting guide for, for believers who are looking to partner with God. And I included the preparation because you can go through all the different steps of partnering with Christ. But if you don't prepare your heart to receive, you might miss something or you might not have as intimate of a relationship with him through it or a confirmation through it or a strength to keep going. Because if you're going to set big goals, then there's going to be really hard things that you come up against and it's going to be easy to quit. That's why God says, cast that vision, write it on tablets. So he who sees it may run with it because on those hard days where things aren't going right for you, where you're working from home and the kids are driving you nuts and you're being pulled in all these directions and your house is a mess and you feel like you have nothing left because you're making it on just a few hours sleep. And is your dream really worth it? Because you still haven't seen the fruit yet. And should you keep going, you're going to remember that intimate time of prayer and fasting and all the noise and all the hard things, they're going to fade away because you're going to fall on your face and get on your knees before the Lord. You're going to pray. You're going to worship. You're going to look at that vision that you cast on that tablet and read it back to yourself and remember the why, remember the bigger purpose. And you're going to be strengthened and fueled by the Holy Spirit and the whole reason and vision that you started in the first place, because that is the power that comes with setting the goals and setting the intentions. So let me circle back around to the fact that I learned how to pray and fast for my personal life with my family, and then I applied it to my life with my business. I was not expecting to actually be here recording a podcast for you right now. I was not expecting to take a complete shift with my business and my brand and the way that I started my business online and turn it into coaching and biblical business mentorship. I wasn't expecting to create all these resources and a Facebook community and just a space online that teaches women how to exit hustle culture and simplify your life and manage your first ministry and while still prioritizing bringing in an income for your home. I had no idea that the Lord was going to use me in this way. I had no idea that God was going to say, you need to spend more time in your home with your family, raising up these babies, teaching them, instilling character, virtue, and truth, and being a woman of God, faithful to him in my word and devotions, and really truly devoted to my husband and working on strengthening my marriage. I didn't know the shift that was going to happen. But praying and fasting for my business gave me the results that I'm seeing now. And even though I had these goals set and these thoughts 
they ended up shifting and yielding and changing because the will of the Holy Spirit and the will of God in my life, as I showed up in that space, became even more evident through the lessons he was teaching me and the experiences that I was walking through and the massive trials, girl, the massive trials I had to walk through and the hardship within my home that led me to understand really what God wanted. So you might start off one way and you might begin to pray and fast for your business for a certain thing. What you're doing is you're inviting the will of God into your sphere. You're saying, Lord, not my will, but thy will. That surrender, that trust, that submitting and laying it all at his feet. Girl, your business, your life, your goals are going to be so blessed. But they might not turn out the way you initially intended. But let me tell you, they're going to turn out even better. Because the joy that I feel with what I'm doing now, the way that things have shifted and changed, and really just my heart shift for my home and my first ministry and going back to the word and what God wants, just to make sure that those things are in order. Not to you know, say that nothing else in my life is important but that, but to just make sure it's ordered well. Sister, it's the richest blessing I could have asked for and I couldn't want anything better or more for you. So as you listen to this, know that planning and preparation and prayer and fasting is the foundational piece as you start this journey. Goals are not just hard work. Goals include joy, include scheduling and joy. It's including things that motivate you and inspire you and make you excited to show up each day. If you create goals that are just so regimented and so step by step by step, and then you try to own them so much that you take massive control and don't yield them to Christ, things get shifted and you don't want to do them anymore. And if you make the goals too unattainable and they're not actually realistic um, and measurable and all these things, then you end up setting yourself up for failure unintentionally. And that's how we see people, especially around the new year, creating these big, you know, lofty goals and having these great intentions, but then falling off of them shortly. You need to set yourself up in a way that's going to create habits. You're going to want to habit stack new things into your day and into your routines that complement what you're doing and just make it a piece of your day. You have to plan out and time out almost like, you know, um, time blocking your schedule in order to allow for the work that has to be done to achieve these things. But without a clear layout and map of what you're doing, without being really concise and and detailed with the things that you need to be able to accomplish, you're not going to get to that end result. You're going to be confused. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to lack clarity. And that's why a lot of times um, I find that I really need to sit down and clock in with my creator. And what does that even mean? Well, I created a free guide that you can just download. And really the most important piece of the whole thing is just the planning portion. Because when I can have that sheet in front of me and look at what's laid out there and write it down, put it in with clarity in front of me and then pray over it a very strategic and precise way, I end up realizing what's most important. And I have this, um, this plan ahead of me for the day, right? And I look at what's most impactful and what's going to make the biggest difference. And I start there first. Now, when I talk about habit stacking, you might be doing something in your day and then alongside of that, you include another little piece of something else. And then that becomes something you just do each day. It's not something you think hard about. It's a normal piece. um, And it's very, very helpful. So incorporating those things are really great ways. But to not go off track. I just want to let you know, I sat through and worked through an entire process of how to actually map these things out, how to give clarity. So there is no confusion. There's no overwhelm. There's no, um, 
there's not a space where you look at and don't understand what the end date for this is, right? There's just so much jam-packed into this collection of of tactics and, and strategy that I put together because I wanted it to be impactful. I wanted you to be able to sit down, pray and fast, look through this and not feel the heaviness of all the big things that you have ahead, but I wanted you to feel the weight lifted and shifted. I wanted clarity, light, vision, um, peace, excitement, joy, just you know, purpose, all of that in front of you so that you can run with the, with the things that excite you most. And that when the hard things come, there's reasons behind it that drive you even farther. So the, the goal setting guide for the biblical entrepreneur, that is what I put together to just add virtue and, and clarity and excitement into your life when it comes to planning goals. And I hope that that's a tool that you take advantage of and that you download and really just start to see the fruit of. As we're stepping into the next season with our businesses, there's so much ahead of us. We're getting into the busy season. Um, at this time that I'm filming or recording this, it's we're heading into fall. All the back to school things start, all the sickness starts. People are very intentional about routines. They're very intentional about their their health and well-being because it's quote unquote sick season. Um, they're planning for the holidays. They're just, there's so much that's happening. And our businesses are preparing also for the Christmas season. And we're looking ahead at the different goals and finishing out this year. You might have things that you wanted to accomplish this year that you haven't accomplished yet. And this is the time where you're in the end of the season that you want to make sure they happen. I would reevaluate. I would work through that biblical goal setting guide and I would set yourself up for a purposeful partnership with the Lord so that you can effectively achieve these goals and you can have victory in a whole new way. Um, This is a pivotal time. And even if you're listening to this and it's not this same time of year when you hear this episode, just know that there's never a wrong time to start or plan a goal. You don't need to wait for a specific time of year. You don't need to have a clock set and say, everyone's doing this now, so I'm doing this. When God is calling you to something, when there is something on your heart, when big changes or small changes need to be made and you need a way to implement them, this guide will speak into your life no matter where you are, no matter what field you're in, no matter if it's for personal life or business, this is a strategy that you can start to put into effect today and you can teach your children. It's something that adds virtue and character and so much more and it changes the way you approach things. And hopefully it lifts the weight off you and reminds you that the work is in your hands to do, but the outcome is in the hands of the Lord to create. If you're looking to shop this guide and get a visual for what this looks like, head to the show notes for this podcast episode and check out all the tools and resources listed for you there below. You're going to find access to an introduction to biblical goal setting, why this could be a blessing in your life, and then all the other tools and resources shown will work to shape your character, to build your personal habits and routine, and do this all as you purposefully partner with God in your everyday. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I really hope this repurposed and um, 
recentered your mind on the importance of setting goals and how noble people think noble things and put them into practice. There's tons of men and women in the Bible who made such an impact, but they didn't do it without purpose and they didn't do it without planning. And they also didn't do it without partnership with the Lord. And that's what you need to remember. You don't need to play small because we serve a big God, but you do need to map things out. Otherwise you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and you never are going to know if it's going to stick. If you love this episode, please share this with a friend or just scroll down at the end of the episode and leave me a rating, a five-star rating and a comment. I would so appreciate that. This helps this message and many more get spread to the world and to Christian women who really need to hear this encouragement. Thank you so much and have a great day.